Welcome back to Game Investing. Hopper here. Today, for the 21st episode, I'm going to do something a little special. Um, it's going to be a deep dive into demand. I know a lot of the community is focused on supply right now. In other words, what's the limited, you know, hard-to-find piece? What's the higher grade? What are the investment-grade video games that are less than 10 in the world? Stuff like this. Don't forget... We need to remember that investing is driven by supply and demand. So you don't have an unlimited amount of time, energy, and capital. Why not consider supply and demand? For today's episode, I want to talk about demand. And it's not easy to estimate demand so Really, the only thing we can do objectively, and that means not being biased because I grew up with certain platforms or certain genres. Like I said, I've never had any game consoles since my Atari 400, so I'm looking this from kind of an industry overview and then a global standpoint, and really all I can do is look at units, units shipped, units sold, and that will give us an idea of demand and really in the long term if you're an investor and you want your investments to stay solid or appreciate over time you really want demand to either increase or go through those catalysts we had talked about earlier that actually spike demand and keep it moving upwards so how can we estimate demand well one thing we can look at is the top best-selling platforms and consoles to get an idea of how many um, games or units of software have been put out into the world, which gives us an idea of how many people have played those games. And the assumption is when those gamers come of age and become adults and then go into their careers, maybe hit around 30, 35, 40, 45, when they have enough money to kind of invest in their nostalgic childhoods, generally that's when you're going to see demand take over a certain platform. And we're seeing that in NES. So when did NES really launch in the United States? Since all the action is around the American uh, early black box titles and the late 80s, you know, mid to late 80s uh, NES games. Well, let's say those people were 10, maybe 15 years old, um, 35 years ago. So we're talking people in their mid-40s. And we know the before grading came along, the retro boom happened years ago. So if we give it a range, I would say 35 to 45 is probably the sweet spot. So let's take a look at the best-selling console of all time. According to Guinness Book of World Records, that's PS2. And um, I've also looked at the Sony data here in front of me. You can get that at SIE.com corporate, or you could check Guinness Book of World Records, and you're going to find PlayStation 2 at the top of the list as the number one best-selling console at over 155 million units. Sony says 155, Guinness says 157, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to add in fat PS3 because you can play PS2 games on PS3. What I'm trying to figure out is, who played a PS2 game in their childhood or young adulthood? 
and to me that means if you had a PS a fat PS3 probably you pay, played PS2 games if you had a PS2 probably your sister or your brother or your friend played a PS2 game so let's do this let's take 160 million we'll take the 155 from Sony bump it up a little for fat PS3s that covers the world Guinness at 157 and then we'll just multiply it by 3 that kind of gives me a three per console player gamer. So that's a half billion people estimated have played PS2 software. What does that mean? Well, that's, what do we got? Seven, seven billion people on the planet. It might even be eight by now. If it's seven, so 7%. So yeah, I mean... We're talking 7%. So let's just say one out of 10 people alive on the planet generally as a number have played a PS2 game. And that's really significant because that's the top of the heap. That's the number one selling console ever to date. The PS4 has not reached 100 million units. There's only five consoles on the list at a at 100 million or more units, and a couple of them are handhelds, and I'm going to try to go through the 100 million club today. I'm trying to keep this short so we can get through the list. So if we've got, let's say, a half billion PS2 gamers out there that might want to go back when they turn 35, 40, 45, and buy back PS2 games that they're nostalgic about, the question is, how many PS2 games are there out there? Well, according to Sony Corporate, we're looking at 1.5 billion units. This data is dated 2012, so um, I don't think there's many PS2 games that have been produced since 2012. Let me know in the comments below or send me a message or email, jatchison at gmail.com or greatengames at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about 2012 data representing PS2's entire library, 1.5 billion units of software sales. Now, that doesn't mean every game's still out there. Um, when you're talking investment grade, let's say, man, it's low. It's got to be less than one out of 100. Um, so let's, let's drill down into this 1.5 billion unit library. And you can just Google uh, Wikipedia, best-selling PS2 games. No surprise, top 10 is loaded with GTA. You've got GTA San Andreas, uh, GTA Vice City, GTA 3. So those, see if there's any other Grand Thefts on here. I'm looking at top 20, top 30. Um, yeah, that's about it. So... It's GTA, so you've got GTA at 17, plus 8, it's 25, plus Vice City, so 35. You've got 35 million units of GTA, so that gives us a good idea of the volume that the PS2 monster did. You've got millions and millions and millions of people that have played uh, franchises like GTA or maybe Guitar Hero or Metal Gear, Gran Turismo, um, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, God of War. Okay, here you go. Top 14. There you go. God of War original. 
4.61 million units, um, almost 3 million North America. Well, actually, that's North and Latin, 2.3 in the U.S. This is a good example because this PS2 game did shock the world on Heritage about a month ago. And um, it was first to market, and it really surprised the gaming community. I'm going to go to HA.com right now, God of War. And um, it really surprised people because it drew $3,000. That was actually more than a month ago. Um, about a month and a half ago, 2600 for a 9.6. And then May 18th, 2020, one went for 31.20. And that was the first to market. And these are black labels. The shocking thing was, was the one that went for over three grand first to market did not have the white security strip across the stop across the top excuse me so it technically was not a first re first release from what i understand heritage is calling it a standard release and the one that went in july for 2640 says sony security strip so it has that beautiful white security strip across the top with the extra ceiling and then it has the nice playstation hologram seal kind of on the right hand side on the edge and those are the creme de la creme when you're talking PS2. I do believe you can almost say those are going to be first print. So here you go. You've got a God of War, which is a significant title in the library of 1.5 billion software units. You've got almost a 5 million um, unit top 14 seller. And the creme de la creme, I mean, it's, it's a 9.6A plus with the white security strip. Is going for 2600 so this gives us an idea of the potential of demand because on the supply side you're looking at this going hmm 4.61 million units 2.33 million NTSE you know you you slash C um, region units somewhere out there in America let's say a third of them went abroad so we've got 2 million units in America how many of those are sealed? Oh man, not many today. But let's say a year ago, let's say one out of every 10 copies. So what does that give you? 200 grand. And now you've got a 9.6A plus going for 2600. So this proves that even with a large supply, the demand can overwhelm the supply side of the equation. And this is a shout. This episode and this whole segment is a ep, uh, shout out to uh, Mateo, who brought up the fact that well, there's two strategies you can use. You can skate like Wayne Gretzky, where you you try to think of where the puck is gonna be, and you skate there instead of jumping on NES. You think about next generation, the generations that are maybe 25, 30. They're gonna be 35, 40, 45 in the next five, 10, 15 years. That's where the puck is going. And Matteo so expertly said, you know what? I think it's going to be PS2. So that's why I'm dropping this episode. Um, I'm hoping that this gives you some value. I don't have time to go into the entire list of, you know, top 10, top 20, top 30, top 50 titles. But hopefully Matt's going to come on tomorrow. And I told him if he could maybe pick out five Maybe the top five PS2 titles that he would recommend as far as a longer-term investment, we can get into the titles.
But the point of this episode is don't overlook the demand side. And the assumption is the more units produced, the more people played the console, the more potential demand in the long run there could be. The top selling handheld platform in the world, no question, is the Nintendo DS. According to Guinness Book of World Records, it's right around 155 million units. Um, and if you go to Nintendo Corporate in Japan's website, you're going to see 154. So let's say 155 and um, each DS serve two customers, maybe brother, sister type of thing. So 300. I think it's safe to say that a quarter of a billion people have probably played a DS game. And that's pretty significant. It's not as big as PS2, but it's the king of the handhelds. So let's drill into the numbers and see what we can find at Nintendo's website in terms of software. Now, remember the PS2 did over 1.5 billion units of software, and I do believe that's globally because we were looking at the Japan corporate websites, and according to Nintendo's corporate, it's just under a billion. So you got PS2 at 1.5, you got DS around 1. As far as the number of people they've touched, um, somewhere near the billion-person range on the high end. Um so today, those are the two kings. We're going to call those the goats. I know there's going to be an argument about what goat really means. I mean, greatest of all time. Hmm, hard to say, but the data says best-selling. Does that mean greatest of all time? Well, if the consumer is the vote and the consumer votes by shelling out two, 300 or maybe even 100 for a DS on sale, they're shelling out at least 100 bucks a pop. If they're shelling out, you know, billions and billions of dollars, if not trillions of dollars, if you include software, it could be a trillion dollars. Um, I would argue that the greatest console of all time is the PS2 and the greatest handheld of all time is the DS. So let's just focus on those two for today. So we've got, like I said, 155 million units of the hardware of the DS. Now, remember... I do believe DS games can be played on the 3DS. So um, I don't know if all of them can because I have given my niece in Japan um, some DS games from America and some of them worked, some didn't. I've also shipped DS games abroad and had a few people complain that they couldn't play them on uh, 3DSs in other regions. So things get tricky as far as playability, but let's just say looking at 3DS on Nintendo Corporate, we've got 76 million units. So there is a potential of somewhere around 200 million units to play DS software on. If you add DS and 3DS and subtract some for the non-regional compatibility, and I mean, looking at the 950 software units, I mean... I guess you can say, I mean, that's actually more than PS2. So I guess half a billion. Let's up, let's up it to half a billion. So basically a billion gamers or people that have played games 
have either played the DS, PS2, or both. So that's what we're going to call GOAT. I mean, these two platforms touched a billion lives. And that's demand right there. You're talking one-seventh, one-eighth of the worldwide population. And how many people have even had the chance to have a console? When you're talking about population of the world, you have to include every baby, every elderly person, people living without electricity, people that can't even plug in a console, you know, people that can't afford anything, you know, more than a dollar a day that they're living on. So one out of seven people on the planet playing either a DS uh, piece of software or PS2 piece of software is a very significant number when it comes to demand. So with a billion, um, almost a billion software units shipped for specifically the DS, what does that mean in terms of titles? Well, let's look at the list. Again, you can go to Wikipedia. You can go to Guinness and the corporate websites for the, uh, for the, uh, shipped and sales figures and then you can go to wikipedia to get the titles and there's no surprise here mario he's all over the top 10 right uh, actually top 11 you've got four mario titles so new super mario brothers mario kart ds super mario 64 ds mario party ds those four titles alone we've got 30 we've got 53 54 we've got 66 now, over 75 million units shipped of those top four Mario DS games. So almost 100 million units. I mean, I'm sure if you include Luigi or Mario, there's Mario Sonic, top 17. We got Mario Luigi, top 19. So I'm sure with all the DS Mario games, um, if you include WarioWare, there's another 2 million there. Um, Mario Hoops, three on three, another 1.5 million. So I'm sure you can get up to 100 million. Mario versus Donkey Kong, another million. Diddy Kong, I mean, that's that's close, close enough. So you've almost got 100 million units just on Mario alone that can be played probably on, a, did we say a billion? No, we said 200. We said 200. Yeah, half a billion people. So you half a billion people, probably 100 million have played a Mario game on a DS or a 3DS. So that is significant demand. Um, we're going to go into the other consoles like NES and Wii in other episodes, but it's good to get a gauge of the two goats, the two king of sales, and that's the DS and the PS2. And they're really big numbers. I mean... Remember, a billion is 1,000 million. It's not 100 million. It's 1,000 million. And a trillion would be 1,000 billion. So really big numbers for the DS. And here's the interesting thing. If you do want to pursue the Wayne Gretzky strategy that the Texas boys uh, think about over there, shout out to Mateo, um, you skate to where the puck is going to be. You don't chase the ball around. You don't chase the puck around. You kind of back off and you think long term, can I intercept the puck before it, it scores a goal? In other words, where's the puck going? Where's my best place to get in? And then where's my best place to smack that puck into the net and get out of the position and get, get a nice profit for my time, energy, and my money? And you know what? DS might be a sleeping giant because here's 
here's what happens when you want to talk about the net and the puck. If you go on YouTube and you Google, we'll do it right now, not Google. Well, Google's a, a verb, I guess. So it, you, you type in something like nerdy girl Dennis with a Z. Let's see what comes up. No, that didn't come up. Live, nerdy girl live. Hmm. Okay, nerd. if you type in nerdy girl comics and... You click on her videos. Um, hmm, there it is. Okay. If you Google Video Games 101 with Super NES Man with Nerdy Girl Comics on YouTube, I highly recommend this video for those looking to skate to where the puck is going to be. It's a two, two hour 37 long video. And. Somewhere in here, I do believe Dennis, who is the founder and CEO of WADA, mentioned that they have four new blisters coming into the WADA game. And there's no surprise. Three of them were modern. They were the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. That makes sense because those three consoles right there are doing well over 100 million units. And I'm sure those three will close in on a billion uh, software units shipped when the game's all done and said and if the ps5 is going to be backwards compatible i do believe the xbox series x will be backwards compatible so we're probably talking about a billion unit platform library i don't know if the word platform is dedicated to just a single platform but for me coming into it objectively i see a software platform library as the entire compatibility library that can be played by any user that has either a PS4 or a PS5. So in this case, those three blister packs, and by the way, the blister pack is the inner plastic holder that is inside the hard plastic holder of the water case to kind of center and keep that um, actual game in place. So it's kind of an extra layer of protection, but they have to order those in large quantities so the platform has to be uniform you know and that generally is true aside from pc games um if you exclude collector's editions or like i just bought the definitive work set for xenoblade chronicles which is a massive box which i'm sure will probably not be able to be graded because it's just too big and heavy but the standard software, the non, um, you know, thicker box sets or bundles or collector editions and premiums, whatever, you're going to need these blisters because WADA has the high quality plastic one piece case on the outer. And I do believe that would be very expensive to produce different sizes of that. I think it's similar to the Sega tube ceiling. I'm imagining it's a long tube of plastic that's simply cut to length, and that would explain why the same tube casing can be used for shorter NES versus, you know, medium size Atari 26 and then your tall Sega Saturn cases. But when it comes down to um, blisters, they have to have a blister for each specific size platform standard software. So here's the juicy nugget in nerdy girl comics um interview with super nes man he said i do believe he said 
correct me if I'm wrong. Send me an email at greatengames at gmail.com. If I'm wrong, let me know. I make mistakes. You know, I'm mentally ill. I'm not perfect. But let me know. Did he say DS along with, you know, Xbox One, PS4, and, and the Switch? I do believe he said DS, not 3DS, not uh, Atari 400 or 800, even though I've seen it on the drop-down menu at WADA. Um, I've also seen PC Box on the drop-down menu. So let's go to wadagames.com. And if you click on Submit a Game, it's really a smooth website because you get right into the action. And Genesis is at the top. If you go to the bottom, Master System Card. Very interesting. Super Famicom at the bottom. Atari 400 and 800, which is very interesting because those boxes come in all different sizes. There's cassette tapes. There's floppy disks. That's the system I grew up with. That's the one I would be emotionally biased on. Um, and I'm clicking from the bottom up, PS3. That's on the website, but we believe that there aren't blisters yet. So if you type in a title, it won't populate. And uh, yeah, I don't see DS. So community, let's share information and let's figure out. When is the DS puck going to hit the ice? That's the big question. And if it hits the ice, who's going to be the first dealer, submitter, collector, investor, gamer that is going to get the first 9.8 A pluses or A plus pluses on these high unit titles such as Nintendogs, number two. Brain Age 4, Pokemon 5, 6, Pokemon Brain Age, Animal Crossing number 9, Wild World. I mean, you've got uh, 9, actually you've got 10 titles that have been produced over 10 million units. And the top 3 account for almost 70 million units. So you're talking, you're talking 150 to 200 units on 10 titles alone. And talk about demand, well let's look up something like a Pokemon. Pokemon's on fire right now, right? Heritage, there are no solds because there are no WADAs. They only do WADAs. So you're going to have to go to VGA data. And I pulled up VGA DS on eBay. And here's what I found. The most expensive DS game that sold to date sold one week ago exactly for $1,000. And it was Pokemon Platinum. Now, I like this as an example because I have seen fake really clean fake pokemon platinums coming out of china that are manufactured so they're not like knockoffs they're well i guess that is a knockoff but it's almost legitimately manufactured with a nintendo strip across the front the plastic looks pristine but it's not the same legitimate you know uh 11 year old title um so I think WADA getting into the game of DS is really smart when it comes to authenticity because, to be honest, as a collector, dealer, reseller, flipper, investor, I'm afraid to touch DS. And I used to, maybe five or ten years ago, I did a lot of DS, but things like Peach and Mario and Pokemon, I stopped touching that stuff because... I was buying it uh, on eBay sometimes, and I would be receiving knockoffs, fakes, uh, whatever you want to call them, counterfeits, if you will. And I think that is something people are overlooking. 
in grading. It's not just grading, it's authentication because the first step of the grading process is, is this real? So hopefully when we get these things in cases, um, we're adding value because number one, it's authentic, especially this stuff like Pokemon Pearl, Pokemon Platinum. You know, here's a couple pearls that sold from three to 500 in BGA cases, 85s, 85s. They're all 85s primarily. Shepherd's Crossing is uh, getting four or 500, uh, 85s, DS, Pokemon White version 2, 380. You know, here's a Mario. We got a Mario. Uh, Mario Luigi, you, let's see, VG. It's a 90 plus gold label. So that's going to be probably a 96, 98, well, 94, 96. And it's at 225. I mean, it's not an explosive investment. You know, it's it's not going to be your black box going to $100,000. But if you're just starting out in video game investing, here you go. If you wait and start putting together your pristine DS collection that's authentic, and you get a group of, let's say, let's say you're into these games 50 bucks each, you could start with maybe $500. So you get 10 nice games, your $500 in there, and then you submit those to WADA. Day one, they open the, uh, they open up the DS blister, and you get your game, you get your 10 games in early, and maybe you pay 50 bucks a pop or however you want to do it. If you're in long term, you can go slow, or maybe you submit less on a faster speed if you're looking to flip. But if you're a long-term investor, you go slow, like I go $35 um, plus the shipping, so you'll get in under 50 So you can get started in DS investing, which is the king of handhelds, possibly a half billion person demand side overall platform uh, library for $1,000, you might be able to get into 10 positions. I mean, you could get into some Marios, some Pokemons, maybe an Animal Crossing. I mean, you could really build a very, very nice portfolio. Maybe a Game & Watch, uh, you know, the Rare Collection, Collection Club one. I'm just looking through eBay under VGA Solds. Maybe a Kirby, who, by the way, is named after the lawyer that... uh defended Nintendo America against Universal's uh, lawsuit that tried to shut down Donkey Kong and would have destroyed uh, the entire video game uh, Nintendo Revolution. And Kirby, the character, is basically that lawyer, rest in peace, who defended uh, the Seattle-based North American headquarter from a massive lawsuit out of Hollywood. So you could put together a really nice portfolio for $1,000. And, and shout out to Matteo. He's absolutely right. I mean, if you're going to skate to where the puck is going, you can leverage a lot of big titles for not a lot of money. So I hope that provided value. Um, I hope this uh, episode will help you become a better investor as we look out 5, 10, 15 years and all the kids that play DS and PS grow up, get jobs, start families start saving some money, and then one day they say, you know what, I want to start investing in video games too. So remember, play life like a video game, try. So in this case, try a new platform, fail, don't be afraid to fail, don't be, you know, don't give up if you get an 8.5 or a 7.5, because that'll teach you wisdom to allow you to master 
a platform, a strategy, uh, a tactic, a generation, a console, uh, a franchise, a title, a character. Okay? Thanks for listening. This is Game Investing with Hopper, signing off.